If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today? Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table. But make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host, Travis Ferris. Welcome, listeners, to the Coffee for Closers podcast powered by Colab Agents. Um, I have a good good buddy of mine, Matt Yanasio, that we're super excited to dive in some topics. Uh, we've actually known each other for, what, probably over a decade. Um, yeah. We kind of both came, came through the service industry, ended up in real estate in different paths, and then we actually kind of joined uh, forces under, under the same umbrella. Um, but I'm super excited to dive into some of these topics and things because uh, you know, one thing that you did is you were in the fine dining. So you definitely bring a certain quality to, I think, the work that you do um, with, you know, having kind of core values or standards that you function in. Um, but we're going to dive in and we'll dive right in. Um, Matt Ianasio is team leader for the Turnkey Group. Uh, when we met, he was jamming, you know, over 30 million a year as a solo agent. And I was like, Matt, bro, uh, we've got to get you to build a team, dude, so you can actually sell more have a little bit of a, a life, you know, with your beautiful wife um, and be able to, you know, continue to enjoy traveling the world. So, you know, what we want to dive into and we're, we're going to dive right in just to the meat topic and then we'll kind of come back around and, and learn who you are. But walk us through your closing 30 million or over 30 million a year, like by yourself, like what is life like that? What, what triggers this? All right, I'm ready to build a real estate team. And then what was that process? Who did you hire? Um, what did you dive into and, you know, walk us through 30 million a year as a solo agent? Yeah. Um, pretty much what it came down to was like, I wasn't, I wanted to sell more. Right. And, and there, there's no selling. I mean, I guess you could right there, but there was no selling more than that and being able to provide the level of service that I wanted to provide without having a team around me. Right. And, and, and having some time off and enjoying my life too. Right. So, um, yeah. And to be completely honest with you, I, I was against the team at first. I didn't want a team. I knew about teams um, coming from the restaurant business and I was a manager. Right. So that was like babysitting. Right. Most of the time. And one of the things I loved about real estate once I got in real once I got out of the restaurant business was, you know, being my own person, not having to answer to anybody, not having to worry about anybody else. So I was like, the last thing I want to do is, is have a team. Um, but at the same time, it was like, I'm so busy. I'm never going to have a day off. I'm never going to be able to travel. And um, and I don't want to stop where I was at at the time. So the team kind of just happened, man. Um, and now that I have it, I love it. Um, you know, it's kind of like my baby, if you will. Um, and it is what has brought us to a level where we're closing. We're averaging over a property a week. Um, and, you know, it enables us to be able to provide the level of service that we want to provide and do such high volume. Um, but it kind of just materialized out of, out of, I guess, need, right? Uh, and now it's kind of really turned into something in about a year and a half now since I started the team. Awesome. Well, um, we can actually dive into this too. Um, so as a team leader, and this is the one thing like, uh, there's only certain people, I, I, 
really team leader to team leader are really eye to eye conversations. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that don't quite understand some of the nuances and things and things like overhead. So, you know, with with the volatile market, we're going to talk about this as well. So interest rates literally went from like 3%, which are awesome. And like in a matter of what, three months, like doubled. So yeah. and then they're in the 7%, which that's a different game. And, you know, as a team leader myself, I know that we went through, you know, closing 10 million plus a month to screeching halt Q4, Q1 last year. It hit. I'm like, oh my God, overhead, profitability, um, major shifts and pivots. What was it like, especially with a newer team and you starting to do these things and having things that we, we were talking before the show, as far as, you know, costs of leads and overhead, uh, how did, how did you make it through? What, what was that, that like life like at that time, um, to, to really get through that with you? Yeah. Um, you know, you got to really analyze what you're spending money on, what's generating, what's not. And from there, yeah, you're probably going to have to cut some costs, right? So, so prioritize what's working, what's not maybe cut, cut some fat here and there, the stuff that's not really, uh, converting. And then, um, you know, for me, I knew it was coming, right? So like my team meetings kind of revolved around me just saying, look, this, this next year is going to make or break you, right? People are exiting the business, right? And I think from 2020 to 2021 or end of 2021, there were so many agents getting in the business, right? Things were good. Everybody was like, I want to go make a bunch of money. And now suddenly everybody is exiting the business. So, you know, my message was, you know, we're going to analyze what's working. Um, we'll keep those things in place, maybe cut some other things out because, you know, at the end of the day, we got to feed ourselves. Um, we need some money to survive. Um, but my message was just like what it's always been, just just outwork the others, right? I think there's over 7,000 agents on Oahu, half of them selling less than one property a year, right? And it's, yep. the business is, the business plan is pretty simple, right? Just outwork the others. So what my message was, I told my team, I said, look, I said, I'm going to keep these, you know, some of the um, lead generating tools in place. I said, and one of two things is either going to happen. I'm either going to go broke or I'm just going to work so hard this year that we're still going to make a bunch of money just like we did last year. And I do not plan on going broke. Right. Um, And we just push forward. We work super hard. And, you know, before we even kind of hopped on this, me and you were chatting a little bit and um, I was saying, you know, it wasn't like last year, but I'm still surprised on kind of what we're doing this year. Um, I think the mindset's huge. Just work harder. I've been hitting the phones harder um, and kind of teaching my team to do the same because this uh, environment, I kind of like widens the passing lanes, right? For those people who are going to stay in there and grind it out, this is an opportunity to get past some of these other agents. And when we come out the other side and the interest rate comes down, you know, you will have survived. You will be better for it. And you'll probably be in this business for the long haul. Um, But it's going to take a lot more grind. Um, so I just, you know, just positive reinforcement, encouragement, cutting, cutting off the things that aren't working and, um, and just really grinding. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I don't know about, about you. I think some of, some of us that, that talk and, and have an appreciation for the business aspect of real estate, you know, not, not like it's a hobby. Uh, it's almost, it's kind of an exciting time. Um, you know what I mean? To where what year to date, 30% of the, of agents have exited like 30%. And the easiest thing for me to, to gauge that or to to correlate it, it's like home flippers for the last 10 years. 
if you got a home and you slapped some lipstick on it, you painted it, you did some cheap flooring, you know, the market's going skyrocketing up to where you're like, hey, I got this home. I did these things and, you know, I sold it. I'm an amazing home flipper. It's like, well, now today, uh, actually tracking cost, profitability, your margins, uh, entry costs, exit costs, uh, you know, interest carries to where like, wow, I think I think home flippers today are being like, oh my God, uh, it does actually take skill to where like that is exactly what's happening in real estate. You know, the cloudy right. with a chance of meatballs approach of going outside and being like, oh, cool, buyer, listing, that's kind of gone. Um, so having to do exactly what you said, double down, work harder, hit the phones, going back to the things that, that work, cutting what doesn't work, uh, let's go into Legion real quick too. So Legion, the lifeblood of sales, the lifeblood of being a team leader, uh, putting these Legion practices in place. And again, we kind of talked about this before, you know, what type of things are you doing? Um, what's working? What's not working? What pivots or shifts to where, how are you ensuring that the Legion you're doing is relevant today? Yeah, just analyzing the numbers, uh, see what you're you're spending, you know, uh, cost per click, cost per lead. Um, is it all going to pan out? Um, we were doing all kinds of stuff: Google ads, you know, Facebook ads, um, targeting different types of buyers from you know military uh, to the new construction projects, um, which we've been very happy with. Um, but yeah, some of like the Google ads they, they were better than the Facebook ads to me. Um, but I kind of cut out the Facebook stuff just for, you know, typical home buyers and, and sellers and stuff like that. But uh, like I said before, we hopped on to this. I, I'm happy with the new construction stuff because we're in a market where there's just super limited inventory. Right. So when you look at new construction, every home they build is somebody is going to buy it. So the mindset has kind of been like, how can we position ourselves to get in front of these people who would be interested in buying these new homes? Because they will sell Then, If they're going to sell, why would we not be the ones helping them buy? All right. So we kind of just looked at what was happening, um, not to mention in the higher interest rate market. Right. A lot of these developers, they got their in-house lending. So they're offering, you know, interest rates, usually a solid point below the market standard. Um, so they're getting good deals. They're getting incentives. Uh, they're getting brand new homes. These these will sell. So it's like, let's let's jump on that train, you know? Yep, for sure. Yeah. So, some of the the larger builders actually were uh, prepaying. They basically prepaid for, you know, I'm going to prepay 100 loans at 5%. So when everything went crazy, right. you know, some of your large builders actually were holding on to a 5% interest rate when everyone else was 7 because they had pre basically pre-purchased those rates. Exactly. Um, the cool thing, yeah, I mean, when we're looking at Hawaii specifically, Ho'opili, I think they just had a release, six hours, gone. Right. In a, in a, in a volatile market. Um, here's the thing that, do you agree with pricing today? Like, are you saying like, here's the home prices in your area? Are you like, mentally, I'm like, I agree with that? Or do you disagree with pricing currently? You know, I... I I think it's our. I think the pricing's all right, man. Because yeah, days on market went up, but it's not like we're seeing like a hundred days on market or something, right? At the end of the day, there's people out there and they're willing to buy. So, yeah. um, and and I think a big part of it again is you know just the inventory levels out there, right? This is, um, you know, this is nothing like 2008 where there was a surplus of homes and the market completely tanked. Um, 
we are, you know, we're in a market where it's just, you know, it's basic economics, right? It's supply and demand. There is a demand. It's nothing like it was two years ago, but the supply is barely there. And when it comes to real estate, you know, people are buying and selling homes because of life events, right? Life's not going to stop happening. So, um, and there's enough people that realize out there like, hey, I'd be better off than buying than renting because there ain't no benefits in, in renting, you know? So um, with that being said, I think, you know, I think they're about right. It's it's hard to believe. And I would like to see those interest rates come down. But it's like yeah. after this, the spike we've seen over the last couple of years, it's like there's got to be a lot of people out there where you just can't afford a home at these prices um, unless these interest rates come back down. But um, yep. yet they're selling. For sure. That's I, I totally think pricing's OK. Like when I look at it, I'm like, all right, you know, a million, one point two, whatever it is. So if it's like, if you have cash, Hey, here's, here's my money. I'll take my million dollar home. Now what you said too, it's the financing, the financing on that price is what sucks right now. And it is really keeping people, but we just saw Barbara Corcoran too. And I totally have been talking about this. There's a lot there. Here's the thing, get, like get the house, get the house, you know, and this is where new construction, what you said is awesome. Cause you're technically locking in today's prices and hopefully if you're building six months or a year out, you're going to be able to capitalize on next year's interest rates, which cross, fingers crossed will be better than where we're at today. But Barbara Corcoran said exactly what I've been yelling from the mountaintops right now is if rates come down 1%, that million dollar home is going to spike up to 1.4. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of people on the, on the sidelines waiting to enter to where if prices come down, prices are going to come right back up because of demand. And if interest rates come down, prices are going to continue to go up because of a, a massive amount of people waiting on the sideline. Yeah, I've, I've been listening to some of her stuff, too. I, gr I agree completely. And it's just, you know, just there are people out there where it's like, you know what? I'm not buying it. The interest rates are too high. And like my advice yeah. to that is like, you know what? Just go talk to a loan officer. Right. See what the pre-approval is amount. After that, talk to a realtor and see if you can get a home that fits your family needs within your budget. And if you can, then grab it. Because if you buy a home now, when those interest rates do come down, you're going to refi, drop the payment, watch your home value increase. And you're going to be so happy that you bought when you did, you know, versus waiting for those interest rates where you're going to have to come up with things like appraisal clauses and all kinds of, you know, different uh, strategies and, and, and clauses that are going to benefit the seller and not benefit you. Um, I put so many people in homes this year that got in with no closing costs or no money out of pocket whatsoever, right? That would have been, that was unheard of two years ago. So For sure. uh, yeah, my, yeah, my advice. So look into it, man. There's no cost, right? So it's like, just look into it. If it fits your budget and get something Cause especially if you're in for the long haul, you're going to win. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So with that actually, okay. So best practices diving into, you know, you came from the fine dining industry. You've been in real estate for a chunk. You've been killing it and doing great. Um, you know, we have core values as like a kind of a team in an organization. Um, like what are best practices, best practices for you or core values that like you live by that you kind of preach by, um, whether it's for your own real estate or what are you preaching to your team agents? Like what, again, what are best practices or core values that you kind of have for yourself and, and those you're kind of mentoring? Okay. Yeah. Good one. Um, it's a simple philosophy, right? And it's, it's just this easy. We simply do right by people. 
right? And and when you think about Hawaii, it's it's a small place and you get a bad, somebody gets a bad taste in their mouth about you and, and you burn somebody, you will be out of business real fast. And And same thing, whether you're on the mainland or not, right? I don't care the size of the area you're in. You should just simply be doing right by people. All of my agents know on my team that if I ever catch them selling a home to somebody just to make a commission and you know it was a terrible property that you would have never bought, you will no longer work for me. Right. Um, and I think if you simply do right by people, um, you know, business will come to you. Right. Those are what's going to build that clientele who wants to send you referral business. Um, that's why we take the time to have a proper buyer consultation with all of our buyers. And one of my first questions I ask people is, you know, what's your game plan? Right. Um, like, what are you looking to do with this home? And if they tell me some stupid plan where I know they're going to lose money, then I'll be like, hey, you're going to want to rethink this, man. I've talked people out of buying homes, right? Because their, their, their plan was terrible. I'll give you an example. I had this uh, military couple. This was maybe five years ago, six years ago. Um, they're like, hey, man, we were in uh, Seattle. We were there for three years and we saw the market kind of going up and, and we should have bought and sold. And now we're here. We got about a year left and we just want to we want to buy a home and sell it for a bunch of money. Right. And this was before the market um you know it's going up like crazy so i'm like okay you got a year i'm like when you buy with a va loan you're underwater right out the gate because there's the va funding fee tacked on i said within a year this is like highly unlikely that you're going to be able to sell this home or it's going to build up enough equity for you to cover your closing costs your commissions the va funding fee i said this is a terrible idea right and uh, i said you guys should still buy Right. And then just hold on to the property, rent it out, and then maybe later in the future sell it. And I think they were searching for a single family home, which they could actually get at the time was, I think there is around 800,000. Right. And now you look at the average price of a single family home in Hawaii is over a million. And they probably would have paid off by now like 100 grand. They'd probably be sitting on a half a million dollars worth of equity. But they didn't buy. You know what I mean? And, and that's fine with me. Right. Because I didn't put somebody in a position with a terrible game plan where I knew they were going to lose money. Um, and that's the attitude we go in with it. We don't just like, we don't just sell homes. We educate people. We make sure that there's solid game plans in place. Um, and that's kind of the way we revolve our business. Right. And it goes in the same thing on the seller side. Like, okay, what are you going to do when you sell this property? Oh, I want to go on a world tour and spend all my money. Like that's a stupid idea, right? <laughs> like use that money to generate more money is, is, is the correct answer for anybody selling a home. Um, but that's kind of the philosophy. That's that's the way we do our business. Um, we are not the realtors who just, oh, you're pre-approved. Great. Let's hop in the car and start looking at properties. You know, like what, what's the plan? <laughs> For sure. Buyers consults are huge yeah. um, to actually do a good one, educate. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think we share definitely share a same thing to where I say, hey, I'm not I'm not in sales. I'm, I'm an advisor. I'm here to advise you on what you're doing. And I think all of all of the good agents, um, the good closers type thing. It's, I, I think we all remember, cause I have one, I have one from like 2013 and it was, uh, let's see, it was in, it was down in the, what is it? Waikolani Woodlands, the va that Valley down there. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which complex, what it was, but it was a short sale and it was a three bed, two bath. And it was back in like 2013 and like, I think we had an approval and it was, he could have got it for like 200 K and it's like, they're now like 700 K I think yeah. Yeah. To, to where I still, I'm like, dude, I want to call that dude and be like, Hey man, remember that time you said that you didn't want to buy because it's a really bad time. I'll, 
type thing. Um, but yeah, yeah for sure. Al- always putting people in better places. The, the people that just close for the commission just give real estate a bad reputation. Um, mm. And I think we pick, we pick up probably one listing a year and we just did that was like that agent to where these people are like, we can't afford our home. Like, please right. get us out. of. And, and just like you said, especially VA within the year, Hey, how much, how much you want to buy in a year and sell it? Like how much do you think you'd put down right now? Okay. You have 10 K that you are willing to put down in the house, go to Vegas go to the ru- the roulette table and stick it there like that yeah. like that's short term real estate's crazy risky um but yeah that's a, an awesome approach as far as just not not closing that one deal it's about building you know relationships and all that stuff so awesome man okay so uh this new venture that you guys kind of came through uh what is it American Dream TV right oh yeah 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 yes yeah. so i i think i was a, I, I was a guest on on somebody's show one time with that, how, how is that going? And what, what's that pro like the project? How's everything going? Um, ultimately, how is it, how's everything rolling out with you? It's cool, man. Um, yeah, we started doing like little shorts and reels and things like that on Instagram and whatnot. And man, if you look on my stuff and you go back to when it first started, I suck. Like there's literally ones where I'm, you see my eyes going back and forth because I'm reading a piece of paper. <laughs> it's like somewhere in front of the camera, right? Oh, but they got better and better and better. And I think that's how I ended up getting like referred to be on the show. Um, so the one thing kind of led to another. Um, so, yeah, they aired our first show last month. It actually aired like three or four times. Um, it's on KHON Fox, uh, 7 a.m. on Sundays. And uh, it's super cool, man. It's a great way to get out there, you know, meet other business owners, um, showcase some of the lifestyles and cultures of, you know, different neighborhoods and whatnot. And it's you know, I think probably the biggest advantage is just that relationship building. Um, and uh, I'm hoping it's going to be a good stepping stone kind of into the high luxury market. Um, I got a couple of things kind of brewing right now. I don't want to talk too soon, but I'm excited about a handful of things. So um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's, uh, you know, doing the reels and stuff was one thing to get comfortable with. The first episode, I think we're a little awkward in. I just got the clip uh, a couple days ago for the second episode that'll be airing in October, and we look a lot more comfortable on film, and um, and it's cool, man. It's a lot of fun, and uh, it gives us an opportunity. You know, if I, you know, when I get that, you know, ten million dollar listing on the beach, like you talk to a client, like, hey, what can you provide? Then you know, what can you do? They always say that, right? What can you do that nobody else can do? I could put your house on a TV show, you know, yeah. and like that's kind of like a a jaw dropper there. So, um, it's fun. It's cool. It's learning. We're meeting people. Um, it's, it's a lot to do. We kind of, we do everything right. It's up to us, what we're going to talk about, who we're going to interview, what town we're going to do. And we kind of set it all up and then they just provide, you know, the videographer and everything from there. And then obviously the editors. Um, but it's fun. It's fun stuff. Awesome, man. Yeah. That's a, a skill. It, uh, people don't realize that it's a skill. Like they think it's, something you're born with and no, it's uh, t- it's TV time or just time in front of the camera. Um, yeah. We're super excited to kind of check it out, dude, and see, see how it go- rolls out for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Cool, man. Uh, all right. Next thing we're going to kind of roll into. So again, as a solo agent, you're exchanging time for money. You're making money because your profitability is way higher as you start building the team and you actually have to like have profitable profitability margins that you're actually tracking. Uh, you might dilute, profits or income a bit, but you also buy back time. Um, I know that you and your wife, Chelsea, love to travel the world. 
Uh, tell us about some of the experiences that you were able to do. And then while you were gone, how the team was able to kind of keep things moving with for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time. It, it's it's the most valuable thing. Right. So uh, I was always hesitant. Right. To get an assistant because I was like, man, I want to pay this person all this money. Like, you know, it, it, I was I was, you know, resistant on that. And I'll tell you, man, the, the year I started the team and I had my assistant in place is the year I doubled my income. Right. Now, granted, I paid a bunch of money out, too, but I still I actually more than doubled my income. Um, so, yeah, it puts you know, there's there's certain things in this job that are that are very simple. Right. Writing it, writing an offer, um, handling the paperwork. You can teach anybody to do that. Right. It's the skills of of talking to people, being on the phone, going to the meetings, closing the deals. Right. Um, that is probably the most valuable stuff. And probably when you when you really break it down, that's if you were to talk about it in like an hourly rate, right? Those are the highest paid jobs right there. The guy hitting the phones, the one closing the deals and meeting in person, everything else can be taught and hired out. Um, and that has enabled us to do more volume, take more time off. Um, this year we were gone pretty much the entire month of March uh, from Perth, Australia to Bali and then back to Perth for another week or so. Um, and all, ran smooth, right? I mean, at the end of the day, this business is a mobile business, right? As long as I got my laptop and my, and my phone, I can work from anywhere. Um, but having those people in place, you know, taking care of those people so that we can go and do the things we want and still closing deal after deal while we're gone um, has been just absolutely huge for us. For sure. Yeah, that that's awesome. And we love to see you travel and, and bring back all those experiences. Yeah, dude, the, the, the mobile, like cloud base that real estate has gone, I always talk about, you know, preach about dinosaurs and then, you know, the, the dinosaur killers, essentially, you know, from 2020 with COVID and stuff, we saw a huge shift. Um, but you, I think you nailed it on the head, like an old school thinking is I have to be there to, to sell real estate and you don't, it, you actually can be anywhere around the world. You just have to have some people in place. And then processes and standards and SOPs um, that are actually there to like help manage. So, um, you know, as far as manage, you you have a management background. You know, I kind of want to, how has the management background of, of the fine dining world translated into helping you manage other people in the real estate industry? Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to manage up to a hundred people. Um, so I think that that has taught me a lot, right? So the restaurant business, it's hell, right? You've been in it. It's hard work for not very much money. Um, but I, I I don't regret it, right? It's what brought me to Hawaii. It's how I met Chelsea. Um, and it's taught me a lot of people skills, right? At the end of the day, and we did a coffee for closers on this that I hosted um, about what to say and how to say it, right? It's taught me how to talk to all kinds of people, Um and deal with different problems under high stress, under, you know, multitasking, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, that's been a huge piece for me. Right. I often, like I tell my team all the time, like, like watch what I do. Right. All I do is talk to people, right? Like I can have a conversation with somebody on the phone versus somebody else and have a completely different outcome. Just by the way, the things I said, the tone in which I've said it, um, there's just, there's, it, it's everything. Right. And when you're in that restaurant business, that's really all you're doing. Right. You're talking to all kinds of people, all different type of people. And you're either going in the weeds and you're going to quit or you figure it out and you learn from it and you become good at it. So um, 
taught me a lot of skills from there. And a lot of that does translate over. It's which has been, I think, a big part of my success. I love that too. It's, I mean, it translates into how you talk to people, cold calling, the mindset behind how you're talking to somebody. And it's like when you go on and you try to teach someone cold calling skills, it's like people either get it kind of, or they don't, and you almost can't teach it. it right. It's like, you can't teach it. It can be learned, but it can't necessarily be taught. Um, but that's so funny because yeah, like I'm, I'm, I've heard you talk and, and script and do a bunch of stuff and it, it's super phenomenal. But it, yeah, it's it's every every time I talk to a client, I talk like every time I talk to a potential lead. Sorry, I'm talking to my client until they tell me otherwise. Right, and it and, it, and that goes and it it'll go into a different conversation as opposed to you know. And I've actually heard lenders do this in buyers consults to where I had a lender I wasn't really working with, and they were like tiptoeing around the credit and, and what's going to happen to where it's like, no, dude, hey, we're going to run your credit. This is what's going to happen. You have to do it, like. Right, And then if you're like, oh, well, hey, are, are you okay with me pulling your credit? They might be like, oh, wait, I don't know. It's like, no, dude, you just, you tell and, and then you push it to a different conversation. Uh, right. Actually, and we want to know who you are real quick too, like where you came from, because we we're, we we're, want to talk about this number two, but we'll talk about it now. What brought you to Hawaii? Because typically how people end up in Hawaii, if you don't know, is usually a journey and it's usually a cool one that, that takes a little leap of faith. Uh, to get there. So, you know, walk us through how you ended up in one. Yeah. So um, it was spur of the moment, man. At the time I had never been further West um, than like Missouri, right? I'm from New Jersey originally. Um, and <clears throat> I was in the restaurant business. I was working for a company that I hated. I got put in my time through management and I was just like, let me just at least, you know, get a year or two experience in and then I can go to another management job. So I talked to a recruiter I was like, you know, <clears throat> I'm thinking big city or somewhere warm, right? So I was thinking like New York, Philadelphia, maybe down in Florida, maybe San Diego or something like that. And uh, this recruiter was like, hey, there's this job in Honolulu. And I was like, Honolulu? I was like, well, I don't know about that. You know, like I, I didn't know anything about Hawaii, right? And then I said, you know, let me talk to him. You know, well, there's no harm in that, right? So I, I had a phone interview and then... Um, I went up to New York, interviewed with somebody in person there. This was for, for Bubba Gump at the time where we met. Um, I met with the executive chef up in um, up in Manhattan. And by the time I was coming home, they made an offer, right? And it was it was a pretty decent offer for the, for the time being. Um, they were going to pay for everything, right? So they were going to move me out there. Um, and it was just a one-year commitment. Right. They said, you know, if I got fired or if I quit within a year, I'd owe all that back. So I thought to myself, you know, what the hell's a year? I'm like, it goes by so fast. If I don't like it, I'll leave. But at least I went and tried it. Right. So <clears throat> I remember friends being like, bro, you're going to leave? Like, like you've never been there. What do you think? You think you're going to like it? And I remember telling my buddy, I said, I said, bro, you know, like when springtime comes around and it's like that first warm day and you're driving, you roll the windows down, you turn the music up a little bit and you're just, you feel good you know, and you're in a better mood. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's going to be every day. Right. And I'll tell you, man, I wasn't wrong. I was not wrong. Right. So, so I came out here, was over there for only a little over a year at that job. Um, that's where I met Chelsea. Um, little after the year or so later is when we started dating. I went out to manage, um, Morton Steakhouse, Ruth's Chris. And, uh, here I am going on 16 years later. So um, it's been a great journey um, through 
how I got into real estate is through um, Chelsea's father. His best friend uh, runs his own little company. Guy's big time investor, owns hundreds of properties, multimillionaire. Um, he was the one who approached me and said, hey, man, why don't you get your license and I'll show you how to start making a lot of money and selling real estate, investing in real estate. And um, through him, he taught me everything from the investment standpoint. I think that gives me some leverage too, because I could talk from an investment standpoint about real estate probably better than the majority of agents out here. Um, and that was life changing for me. He uh, showed me, I bought my first three properties in like two years with no money. Um, and I don't even have VA benefits, right? So learn from him. And, but yeah, once he said do that, I had my license a month later. I said, take me under your wing, let's go. Um, and it proved to be very, very life-changing uh, for the better. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have a number two follow-up episode and we'll dive more into some of the investment world with you. Um, I love talking about that and the actual investment financial aspect, take the emotion out of it. And then it's just numbers and, and all the data analytics, which I love yeah. and they're fun for me. Real quick, I, I want to make sure that we're not service level, you know, and and getting deep. So, you know, we always talk about like the goods, the the crushing numbers. Uh, like, what is either through this process or or what you know? Again, when I was running my own brokerage, I have the story, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears, where you know it was like this pit that Nisa and and Nisa and I ended up in um, to really like come out of it. Like, what would be in the last you know 10, 15 years of this journey? Like what, what, what would you say is like one of your hardest experiences that just took it out of you, you know, really, really challenged you and how you were able to persevere through that? If you're okay, this is a little spur of the moment. Yeah, no, 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 that's cool. Um, yeah. So when I first started going into real estate, right, I was still working at the restaurant. So I was, I was doing part-time and, you know, restaurant management, I'm working like 50 hours a week at least. Right. So it, that sucked. And it was just like, I was doubting everything, right? Because I would read articles like how to pick a good real estate agent. Almost every article will start and tell you, work with a full-time realtor. This is the biggest purchase of your life. You don't want to work with some part-time guy. And I found it very hard, you know, to put in the time and actually get things done. I did a handful of deals here and there. And then I was eventually just like, look, um, I'm just going to quit this job and I'm going to give this my all, right? And um, it sure did not pan out how I thought it would, right? So... Um, we had owned our home at the time. We actually went back, lived with my in-laws for a little bit. Um, I wasn't making any money and um, I had to make ends meet, you know, and it went on and on for about, I think, six months once I went full time until I closed my first deal. And um, I was literally driving Uber and Lyft to make ends meet. Right. And I gave every single person who got in the car, here's my card in case you want to buy a piece of real estate. You know, um, yeah. I just kept grinding, grinding, grinding. Um you know, and I was certainly discouraged, you know, uh, but I put in the time, you know, getting back to to outworking the others. You know, I would sit three open houses a week. I would sit on like a Wednesday night, Friday night, Sunday night. I didn't care. It's just get me in front of more people. So essentially I could screw up and say stupid things more times, but eventually learn it. Um, and then it kind of started coming too. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it, it eventually started to happen. And I got my you know, first deal after being full time, it was like six months, but then it was like one after another after another. And I was making okay money and we were kind of getting out of the hole. And, um, from there it kind of took off, but it was, it was still kind of like, I wanted to get out of the in-laws house, right? This house, this little unit in Kailua that I still own today popped up 
And I'm like, Chelsea, we're buying this. She's like, we don't even have the money to buy it. I was like, no, I got some deals closing now. I'm like, and I was, I was spending money that didn't even close yet. Right. But I'm like, we have to get out. We're buying this property. Um, and, uh, and we did that. And I just, I was like, if I got to continue driving Uber and Lyft just to get this mortgage paid, we'll do it. But we we're getting this, we're getting out, we're on. And then kind of from there, it's almost as if I put myself in a position where it's like, you're either going to really screw up here or you're just going to work really hard and get and figure it out. And, um, and from there, literally the following three years, I, I doubled my salary three years in a row. Um, and it's just, it's been, you know, knock on wood, very good since. Yeah, totally. No, I appreciate that. I mean, it's again, so many people talk about the good that it's like, you know, I think, I think your success is driven from that, you know, and it's, uh, I think we all have got, well, we all had gone through hard times, the adversity that really creates your character, who you are. Um, and, and for me, it's always God's checks. It's always God's like pokes, like, yeah, hey, I'm going to do this. And God's kind of like poke, poke, you know, poke, poke, poke to see, oh, okay, he, he is going to do this. All right. Now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, uh, and it still happens, right? Like, I mean, I have stable income now, but it's like, I ha- this this I tell agents this. I'm like, because nobody talks about this stuff, right? People just talk about, oh, I get to cool see cool homes and get big checks and all this, and it's like nobody tells you about what it takes to actually get these clients. That part sucks, right? Hitting the phones, having people yell, at you hang up or you slam doors on you. Like, if you're not doing that, then the fun part never happens, right? So you really got to grind it out, um, and it's an emotional roller coaster, man. It's uh, I have times where I think I'm about to have a really good good deal go down. And then all of a sudden, like personal call, I say, you know, I'm decided to go a different direction. And it's just, it's heart crushing, man. I had just two weeks ago, I had three buyers get accepted offers and I had a new listing, all four deals canceled. And I'm like, holy shit, my week just went to hell. And I thought it was going great, you know, but that's, that's this business. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, it, it could be, it could emotionally break you down. Totally. No, I, and I love where we're, we're kind of headed in this because um, it is, it's the, like, I think so many people, again, they see the good and the cool and like whatever, like even the social media, but they don't like, it's a failure business. Like it, it's oh. a, I'm going to go fail four times and I might succeed on that fifth. Um, and yeah, emote it's emotional. Um, you know, again, when you're running teams, like you've been running a team for a year and a half. So like, we're, we're going to be like tracking on stuff. I've been, we've been running teams for 10, 10 years. And, you know, it's one thing I always label as the human element to where you always, again, same thing with like your sellers, the buyers, sellers, consumers, whatever. Um, life happens. You know what I mean? Like that all, like what, what was each of those cancellations? Like, you know, I mean, what is it? Interest rates, cost, scared. Yeah. Um, the one was like a sell by. So we were going to list this home. I had got him into a contract, a great deal over at a new construction. And I'm like, okay, to make this happen, we're gonna have to sell this. We had the the developer and I couldn't even believe they were even willing to do this. I had a contingency on the offer. They were like, in order for him to buy this, we'll give you, they were going to give us 20 days to get the property in escrow and then 35 days to close. And I was like, bro, we can do this. I said, I need that house cleared out by this week and I'll have the photographer there. I'll have the stager there. And he's like, okay, we're going to do it. Next morning he wakes up. He goes, hey, I, I, I don't know about this, right? So cancel the listing, cancel the contract over at Ho'opili. 
Um, other buyer had cold feet. Um, another buyer, they're just like, I, I think two of them had cold feet. Um, it's just, it's just like a slew of things. And I was yeah, like, yeah, God. <laughs> and again, it's, uh, I, I want to use the word soul crushing. Like it is, it really is just, I, I guess the check is, and I've actually, I experienced this too. I, I know you did as well. I think everyone probably goes through it, but it's like, what, what do you do when the wind's taken out of your sails? And that is just the biggest determination, determining factor of who you are, if you're going to make it because yeah. you're just, yeah. I mean like that's six, six figures gone. Yeah. You know I mean like, and, and again, we were making 50 K a year in the, in the service industry, you know, a decade right. and a half ago. So for six figures to like dissolve in a week, you're just like, Huh. That yeah, hurts. It, it it is soul crushing, man. I oh, I, I yeah. interview agents and stuff. I tell them like, you sure you want to do this, man? But this job, like a lot of it sucks. And like yeah. you said, like you hit the nail on the head. It's it's a job of failure. Even the top producers, they are definitely getting significantly more no's than yeses. And if you but if you're not getting those, then you're never going to get the yes. You know, so yeah. it's it's a numbers game, and it's definitely favored. Probably well over even sixty percent of no's versus yeses. Um, so, but you got to get them, you know, and I always tell my, my agents, if you're, if you're, whether you're knocking the door or calling the phone and when that person don't ever call me again, the, the next thing you got to do, you got to just dial the next phone number as quick as possible and just keep moving on. Um, you sit there and dwell on that. You'll never get through it, man. You just got to keep trying. Sure. Yep. For sure. Um, even when people hang up on me, I usually text them and be like, Hey, uh, we got disconnected, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just wanted to, and so I always get, I do, I do a double poke. Um, yeah, yeah I'll call it back and, or yeah. sometimes I'm just like, Oh, I think we, <laughs> we got yeah, this. Right. Yeah. Just to see, just to see what's up. So, all right, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate that going into, into these things that people don't talk about. I mean, it's uh, yeah. which they should talk about because this is the, the back end behind the curtain of, you know, real estate. So if, if someone's coming in, either they're getting into real estate, they're a solo agent doing good even team leaders, whoever, whoever you want to talk to, what would be like your biggest advice for someone getting into the industry or a solo agent kind of thinking about building a team? What would be like, Hey, this is my biggest advice for you. Um, I mean, solo agent or somebody getting into the industry. I mean, get on a team, man. I mean, I started on a team, right? Like so some people like I've met people like, oh, I don't know about cutting, you know, the commissions like this. And it's like, look, some, some money is better than no money. And the experience is definitely worth every dime. Um, you need to start somewhere. If you're not going to be the person who works on the team and start your own somewhere, you need to start somewhere. Um, and then, you know, be goal orientated, right? And write your goals down. Um, I'm real, real big on mindset and goals and, and writing them down, looking at them every day. And, um, and then breaking those goals down into a weekly time block. And then from there, it's just commitment and do not get discouraged uh, because and, and go into it. Just like we were talking about, go into it knowing it's going to suck. There's going to be a hell of a lot more failure than success. Um, but if you're not failing, then you're not even trying. So uh, you just got to get past that mentally prepare for it because it sucks. Right. Um but you got to have that thick skin. I don't, I don't give a shit. You can hang up with me all you want. Tell me I had somebody, one, someone, my agents, they told him they text them back, go kill yourself. <laughs> like, 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 
like wow like but who cares man like and and one thing i always kind of think about when somebody's mean to you like that or does something like that i just tell my people i said look you should you should feel bad for that person man right because nobody who's doing very well in life who has lots of success would talk to somebody else like that like their life probably sucks right so you just move on um and just and just power through for sure i was doing calls and nisa walked behind me through the office and I was like going through and I was dialing calls, but like literally the lead that was there literally was like, F you. And Nisa was like, really? I was like, yeah, really? Let me try to call it. Like, you know, it just, it's uh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it, it is an entertaining industry. Um, fail forward for sure. Um, no easy way to do it. So awesome, Matt. Well, um, again, thanks for diving into some of these cool things. Let's have a number two later on, dive more, dive more into some of these topics, dive into the investment world. Um, but other than that, listeners, thank you. Matt Ianasio with the Turnkey Group. Matt, where can people find you? Social handles, websites? Oh, yeah. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you check our webpage, turnkeygrouprealty.com. Um, yeah, I think I'm on TikTok too. I don't get on there too often. But uh, yeah, check me out. I'm always off talking real estate. Don't, don't uh, hesitate to reach out. Awesome, man. Well, again, uh, that's what this show's about, coffee for closers. But you're not, if, you're not, if you're not failing, you're not closing business. And that's the one thing that I, I'm glad we got to dive into is literally learning the pains, the suffering that we go through to have these little successes. Um, so other than that, keep at it. Stay. The endurance. It's a marathon, not a race. Um, again, Matt, thanks for tuning into the show. And uh, we look forward to seeing you crush it later on, man. Cool. Thanks so much, bro. We'll talk soon. enjoyed this episode of coffee for closers subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts and follow collab agents on social at collab agents Thank you.